Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I consciously select symbols and colours to support my situation. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And after the heaviness of talking about psychopaths last week, we thought we'd talk about fashion this week. (laughs) (laughs) Could we get more opposite? I think you guys are going to have so much fun with today's show because every now and then, as you know, Jane and I like to throw in a very light, funny, you know, but still, I hope, informative and interesting show. And so today we're going to touch on something which we've never touched on before, which is how your wardrobe... Uh, connects with your spirituality and it's actually really interesting and we did have um, a really cool idea from a lovely listener over in the UK who wrote I want to know a bit more about spirituality and your appearance about the symbols in jewelry colors you wear the scents someone will use using makeup to enhance your eyes is that connected to the concept of the being the window to the soul um, if any of that stuff has a connection and we thought yes look there's lots we can go on here um Jane, do you want to start with anything in particular or do you want me to well, just keep rambling? I always find it interesting <laughs> colour choices that people choose in their clothing. Actually, I find everything about their appearance, you know, being a big observer, of, of, I find it really interesting how people choose to present and whether they're even consciously aware of it or not. Um, colour I find fascinating. I remember once having a, um, a spiritual business session with a, uh, a guy that channeled. This was way before I had the beautiful Beck in my life because there would be nobody but Beck doing that in my life now. Um, and I was doing it with this beautiful friend, that friend who I also worked with. And I remember we turned up um, for a particular topic that we were doing and the guy said, oh, how perfectly dressed are both of you? Now, I can't remember whether I was in all white or all black but my gorgeous friend was in the opposite. So one of us was in white and one was in black. And he said, and and again, I can't remember which was which, but I remember him saying, one of the colours is about the receiving of wisdom and one of them is about the sharing of wisdom. And it was the roles that we were playing that day. And I, I don't know whether I was the sharer of the wisdom or the receiver, I can't remember. But it was really interesting. And I also know that I wear a lot of red when I'm in a power situation. You do come out with some reds, Jane. I've got loads. My wardrobe would be at least a third of a it would be red, white, half of and it. Red. And, you know, yes. red is not a colour that everyone either can wear or does wear. You well, know? everybody can wear red, but it does take balls. Mm. It does take confidence to wear red. Yeah. And I wore a lot of red for years and years. And then when I became, a, a, when I became aware of actually how broken I actually was, I stopped wearing red. I've just realised it's the colour of our logo. Oh, I knew that. That was deliberate. I've been wearing red (laughs) deliberately for about probably about six or seven years now, I think. Um, But I wore it all through my um, teenage years, my 20s. When I was in my corporate world, I would wear a lot of red. Because it represents what? Power. 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 Notice me. Mm. I am here. Strengths. Yeah. And then I, when I started realising, I started on the self-development journey and realising really how broken I really was, I stopped wearing it. And I didn't realise this until six or seven years ago and thought, wow. And I deliberately, I had to do something that was a, a reach for me and I deliberately went and bought a red 
outfit. Right. And I felt great. And it's been back in my wardrobe ever since. And the majority of my wardrobe since knowing that black and white is about one about the receiving of wisdom and one about the teaching of wisdom combined with the red of the power was that's my thing, black, red and red and white. Yeah. My businesses are black, red and white. The business, you know, the logos, the business cards, the websites, my I've got an app. I I developed an app. My app is black, red, and white. Ah. Mm, I love it. Yeah. It's great. So I think colour has a lot to do with it. It is so subconscious, isn't it? And yeah. like colour and also like I can remember one time I had to go visit a, a lawyer and I realized that I'd chosen an owl necklace that day. And oh, what is the owl? Wisdom, wisdom and knowledge yeah, and wise. Kind of, yeah, and yeah, just that studious kind of energy. It's interesting. Um so you, with, well with the colours though, I was yeah. I was curious though, because I also then looked more at colour when I was redecorating my home. Yeah. And I wanted to have all the chakra colours represented in my home. Yes. So every room has a different prominent colour. And I deliberately did um, put orange in my office because I was told that represents money yeah, and sexuality mm. and creativity. Yeah, the now, sexuality because I'm also a matchmaker. So that's important yeah. in my work. The money is important in my work and the creativity. Um, so what do you want to whiz through the, the chakra colours and what they yeah. mean? Because people might find it interesting. They might not know this and think, I always wear green and then think, oh, yeah. that's either something I'm really comfortable with in my life and I want more of it or that's something that I'm trying to get comfortable with and I need to wear more of. I mean, you can do this this little test as well. If if there's someone near you who does Aurasoma, A-U-R-A-S-O-M-A, Aurasoma is an amazing thing, totally channeled from Egypt. It works with a little bit of numerology and a lot of colour. Bottles, you may have seen them. Bottles divided into two colours, and there's usually like 100 bottles on a rack. You go and sit with the Aurasoma expert, and they say, you know, which three bottles are you attracted to right now? And you'll straight away go for bang, bang, bang. You can't explain why. There's a 1,000 colours there and combinations of colours, but you just go for those three, and then they know everything about you. Wow. It's fascinating. And, of course, you go on another week or another day or another month, and you choose totally different ones than you did last time because we're constantly changing with what we want to need. Um, so if you want to know a little bit more about colour therapy – Go to an Aurasoma um, practitioner. They, they, it's the best half hour or hour you'll ever spend. It's so much fun. Colour therapy. Sorry, that just reminded me of in the 1980s when you'd go off to a, yes. a, a party plan in someone's house and there were these colour therapists because you get that would choose whether stung, you were right? as, yes, um, whether you were an autumn, yes. a winter, a spring or a summer. I remember that well from the 80s because my mother came back and wore plum and burgundy for oh, years. did she? She was, she, was a, she was an autumn. She was an autumn. So there you go. Anyway, um, colours, yes, it may not just be your wardrobe it may be the decor in your house it may be the things that you're drawn to it may be yeah you know when you go to a florist and you just think I just need a bunch of flowers why are you drawn to this one and not that one um yeah colors in the office okay so very quickly red root chakra so that's tribes clan blood sexuality where you come from it's it's that groundedness it's the roots it's all that kind of thing we go up to the womb men don't have wombs but it's that kind of region orange which is what as jane said it's obviously a bit of sexuality in there it is the womb area but it's to do with money it's to do with creativity it's to do with 
Well, we always say when people go in to get uh, aura clearings done, if you hold resentment against men, it's all going to be in there. It's, it's where we store a lot of old wounds and hurts down in that little place. So, so I, but, I think it's good if we all wear a little bit more orange. Because if you go to some Middle Eastern oh, country, sorry. the Middle Eastern countries, like orange is such a favoured colour because... That's what we say, the Buddhist monks. Yeah, the flip side of it is just that joy and, and harmony. You know, the, the yes. schools with their harmony, harmony day, day. It's always come yeah. in orange, it's, it's which not, is the hardest colour to buy in fashion it, and it's a color so many people are so uncomfortable with you never go in and see like a money know, a, sexuality creativity they're three big topics big aren't they and it's like you know you don't ever see and resentment melon colored rooms very much or bright orange tops and yeah well, isn't you? that funny i'm thinking of painting we're just sitting in my lounge i'm thinking of painting my dining table and uh, chairs orange oh either God. orange or yellow go jane I know, and, it, and i'm so this is tara's favorite color yeah she has orange like, you know, ridiculous $200 sports shoes, that are bright orange that oh. she she loves her orange. This has some sort of power in there too. Yeah. Because, you know, but when we come up to yellow, which is more around the belly button, that sort of solar plexus area, there's a lot of self-worth being held in there. And yellow, of course, is the colour of happiness in a lot of the Middle Eastern countries as well and India and places like that. So, and, We you know, always, say, always think of yellow with the sunshine. and and It's sparkling and uplifting, yeah. but, of course, the flip side of it is when you just feel low and blocked and dull and suffocated oh. and heavy and it's that kind of... You're not really backing yourself, believing in yourself. You're not as, you know, you're suffocated. Well, now here's what's interesting. I, well, I find it fascinating. Is that a little narcissistic term? <laughs> the back of last week. Back episode. to Jane and what yeah, Jane thinks. No, well, my office is actually, my, my home office is yellow and orange. Yellow and orange. So I brought the yellow in, yeah. which would, would have been about self-worth because, yeah. you know, building in my confidence in my business of doing new things. Yes, that's right. And so... I think people might find it interesting that they go, oh, wow, yeah. I did that subconsciously and yet that's serving, that's really working in that field. And then we move up to Jane's pink room. Jane does actually have a whole I pink room. I do have room. a whole pink room. And pink, of course, is love. But, of course, it can be green because the heart chakra, we either go with pink or green for the heart. Um, so that's sort of quite self-explanatory, really. It's just all about love. It's all about love. And then we go up to the throat, which is blue or often sort of turquoise. Now, turquoise. Now, Jane says she's always used red. I've always had a thing for turquoise, which is, oh, look, it's partly due to an ex-lover from a you know, Native American Indian life who gave me a ring, but that's another story. Turquoise <laughs> ring. I was Love fakes past yeah, lives. But I, well, he was very sexy and it was a very nice ring. But anyway, but when I was four, I was in New Mexico and I bought a turquoise ring and I still have it. It's tiny. I can't get it on my finger. It's for a four-year-old's finger. Can it reset? Oh, my God. How could that never occur to me? Anyway, here we are in the fashion episode. Glad you came. So I get the thing. I should. And so I've had this thing about turquoise and it's a particular shade of turquoise because turquoise is a spectrum. They can be really bluey or they can be really greeny. It's more of the greeny end of the scale for me. They've got to be just right. And I've used, ever since I've started doing my logos, turquoise, turquoise, turquoise. And I sort of thought, well, it's kind of greeny. Maybe it's to do with love. No. Uh, Someone said to me, no. It's connected to the communication, but turquoise in particular is connected to the communication of like as many people as possible in a really wide, oh, broad, huge, yeah, as, as, as far reaching as possible to the masses. And I mean, I was a journalist for a decade, so there was always that, that sort of far reach. But now with the work I do, again, it's that kind of far reach and using the turquoise to support that energy and that intention, which is really oh, cool. I was given beautiful um, earrings and necklace set. When I was about 15 years old and there were some Egyptian businessmen that visited yeah. our home and for, for Dad's business. And back in the 70s, you would entertain at home. You didn't go to restaurants. It was correct protocol to honour them by having a home-cooked meal. And they th- these turquoise earrings and necklace were absolutely beautiful. Well, where are they, Joan? 
Mm. Well, when I was in my narcissistic 20s, I think I threw them out. Yeah. It's fascinating because I don't wear turquoise, but I use it for other things. But it's a big symbol. I mean, that is their colour in Turkey and and Mm. Egypt, you know, Mm. that's turquoise stones and... And Lapis lazuli and all that lovely stuff. So then we go up to the third eye and the crown chakra. Now, you know what? These are the most debatable, debatable chakras because I feel that different people have different colour experiences. Third eye, often people will say it's violet, it's indigo, it can be silver, it could be flashes of white. I think because it's your psychic centre, it kind of... It's where you're at. I think it varies. I really think it varies. So, look, purple seems to be kind of the go with anything psychic, which is why anytime you go to a mind-body-spirit fair, it's all crushed purple velvet and all that kind of shimizo. But then when we go up to the crown chakra, and again, people have different words for that, but me personally, I just tend to think of it as pure white light, like there's a lotus sitting on top of your head, which you often see depicted in the Buddhist, you know, whatever. Um, And I just tend to view it as a beam from above, down and through. It's literally where you're getting all your higher self, beautiful information. The crown is, it is the crown. It's It's the higher, more loving, more you know, that version that, that for the best and highest good vibrational kind of version of who you are. So I think that the lightest, goldest, whitest colour that you can probably come up with there um, is going to be a goer. You know, it's interesting, you know, when you go to those mind, body, spirit festivals and, oh, they do drive me mental. <laughs> Someone said to me the other day, they go, um, they, oh, this is such a rude thing to say. But <laughs> I'm getting a bit lower vibration here. I'm not channeling. This is just Rebecca talking now. So, so <laughs> But they, they said something like, um, I said, oh, they're just full of all these sorts of psychics that you just don't really want to, you wouldn't actually really want to spend your money on too much. Cause, uh, and someone said, um, not something like real psychic people don't go to that. was things. me. Oh, shit. And I got a text from you? a friend of mine. Yes, it was me that said it to you. That's hilarious. <laughs> because I got a text from a friend oh. who was at a Body, Mind, Soul Expo. Yes. And she said, Jane, do you, must, you know all the psychics in Adelaide. You must know is there a, um, who's a good one that I should go and see. And I said, darling, good psychics don't do teacup, you know, tea table little fairs like that. They're too busy doing in their own rooms with their own energy charged up doing the high-end stuff. Mm. And so she went and paid her $45 and went and had the worst reading ever where she was told that her ex-husband is going to get cancer and be dead in three months. Now, Mm. we both know that decent psychics don't work on that low-level plane with rubbish like that. Um, so that was me. I just wanted Thanks, to touch Jane. on, though. Oh, I'm going to say the, one thing and then yeah. you can touch on it. I was just going to say it's so funny when I used to go to those kinds of festivals because what people wear, it's such a, com- a battle of the egos and everyone's trying to prove a point through their costume. Like the more costumes or the more jewellery or the, velvet. wearing the unk necklace or the this or that. And then you see what, like this one woman who walked in wearing all white and it was almost like she was saying, fuck off, I'm more spiritual than all of you and I will repel your lower vibrational essence, you know, vibrations by being, <laughs> The priestess in this room. Oh, oh that's so funny. Okay, I'll shut up now. Your turn. <laughs> I just wanted to add that with the third eye chakra yeah. is that uh, so purple psychology or psychologists will say that the colour purple is about imagination. Oh, beautiful. And so that would make sense that some people would see the third eye as purple because perhaps they've not grown in their spirituality yet. Thank you, Jane. And so that makes sense. But then when you go into silver, that some people would see it as silver, that's psychologists will say that that's the feminine energy. It relates to the moon and the ebb and the flow of the tides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would be women moving into Divine their... Divine goddess. And, um, yeah. That's it. Yeah. But then gold, if they... Excuse... <coughs> Jane's still sick for those of you so playing at home. I'm sorry. I will be honest and just say we record two episodes back to back. 
So she's sick last week, she's sick this week, and it's all in the same hour. <laughs> so gold is the colour of success and achievement and triumph. So people would, if they're really connecting to their third eye, and then you get to, of course, white, which psychologists will, of course, say is, you know, the most pure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it, it's interesting <coughs> when you overlay the psychological um, meaning of colours over the chakra meaning of colours. They're not dissimilar. They're, they're, they can be quite linked. We could stay on colours forever, but I want to move on. Let's While we're talking about fashion, let's talk about astrology and fashion. And lots of good astrologers will often devote parts of their blogs to explaining how people dress like their star signs or, or using the energy of their star signs. Jane, you're a... I'm laughing. You're an I'm Aries. an Aries, yes. What's Aries all about? Red, 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 red. Fire, power, Warrior. first, yes, all of that. all of that stuff. And it's really <coughs> interesting because people might not know um, that... Or actually, I'll just give another example really quickly, like Leo, Madonna. Madonna's got like four signs in Leo. What's Leo? Leo's like, look at me, 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 me. And did I mention me? And I'm on stage, me. Big hair, me. And she always wears clothes that are me, me. Me, 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 like totally what out star there. Sign is she? She's like, she's like a quadruple conjunct Leo, okay. right? The lion. Now, Coco Chanel was also a lion, a Leo, and she was so obsessed with her astrology that she would use lions. She would pattern them into some of her things. She would use lions in her apartment in Paris. She had big lion statues. She's got five lions on her gravestone. She Look, I've got this as well. Here's something people might not know because when you bring the numerology into it. So you look at Chanel number no. 5, which is still like the best-selling perfume in the world. I think one is sold every two seconds or something ludicrous like that. And 5 was her favourite number. Why? Because Leo is the fifth sign of the zodiac. Oh. So it was all it all had this much deeper meaning. And this just goes to show, doesn't it, Jane? When you put a deeper vibrational meaning behind something, people don't know why, but they're obsessed with it. Why Ooh, is Chanel number five is, so crazy? Because yes. it had deep vibrational intent behind it. I love it. And a bit of magic. So what is a star? Because I designed over 23 years, I would have designed, I don't even know, I'm gonna say a thousand different costumes. Yeah. And I always had a star on it somewhere. Now, some of them were blatantly obvious, there's a star. Some of them would have the tiniest one that was actually just on the hemline. Just hidden, yeah. It was hidden. But I needed to have a star on every... It's part of your vibrational threads webbing it all together, like holding together some sort of energy frame there for you. I love symbolism. I've always loved it. Absolutely. And symbolism, of course, can extend into tattooing. You know, people who... Like, the thing... Tattooing bothers me when people just go and point at a picture and say, just put that on because they, I agree. they just want a sleeve. I agree. Because everyone's got a sleeve. Like, I love tattoos to me is like an artwork that should be telling a story about themselves. And I think when we go back to primal, pagan, ritualistic cavemen and that kind of thing and just Indigenous communities where scarring and tattooing held so much sacredness and so much divine intent purpose, it was no accident which part of the body was chosen. It's probably overlaying meridians and body ley lines and things like that. It was no accident exactly the symbol or the colours used. It's very, very deliberate because when done properly, it evokes and harnesses energy. This is why on the tombs, you go into the Egyptian tombs covered with hieroglyphics, covered with symbols, covered with sacred geometry. It's another form of tattooing, if you like, but you know, it's this idea that we use these, um, these glyphs and these symbols as magic. It's, it's the old magic books, if you ever see the old grimoires that the wizards and the alchemists used to, you know, write in the Middle Ages, full of symbols, full of sacred geometry. There's so much power in that stuff when it's used and positioned in the right place in the same way as crystals. What about makeup? Yeah. What about makeup, you know, with – I think that the, that the lady talk about, you know, eyeliner and makeup, like is this a – Windows. Resonating with a part, a window to the soul. soul yeah. but, you know, is it resonating with a past life of being, you know, Cleopatra's era or, you know, Egyptian or yes. 
What do you think's going on with in that? In my experience, yes, because I've had clients in the past who have very deliberate looks. Like they're the kind of women who either that cannot be seen in life unless, for example, they've got their eyeliner on to the point they'll go and get it tattooed or whatever. And I'm thinking one particular woman here. And for her, she was absolutely using an old Egyptian technique that she'd learnt in a past life. I've seen a similar thing with a woman with her lip liner. There's something about lining sacred objects, one obviously being the mouth and one being the eyes. There's probably so much symbolism going back there that you could Google that I can't even begin to share with you now. But there's some something in the act of highlighting and containing or circling it. Again, it's a, see, when you do a spell, for example, one thing that you may do in Wiccan practice is I now declare this circle open, I now declare this circle open, you'll walk clockwise around and you'll sort of open and protect the space. And then once you've finished the uh, – oh, sorry, am I doing it the wrong way around? I now declare this – you don't say closed, but you say I, I now declare this space protected I now, and then afterwards you open it up or you close it. Whatever you do, that's what I'm trying to say. You're sealing the space energetically. And I think that a similar thing can happen on the body when we take a pen, a coal stick or a red lip right. line and, and we, we, we line around areas. We're sealing something in or we're magnifying or intensifying the power or energy of a particular area. The the Like the red nail polish, I mean – Ancient Egyptian stuff is fascinating because I know that here in the Museum of South Australia, if you go into the Egyptian room, we're very lucky to have an an Egyptian room here. It's pretty creepy, I've got to be honest. It's got real mummies in it and some crazy stuff. I had to take little um, five-year-olds, you know, reception children, to on tours with both of my kids on tours there yeah. and, and I would end up standing outside with the kids that didn't want it's, to go in the there. The energy in there is mm. insane but um, there is an amazing glass case in there which has uh, bronze polished mirrors that they used to handheld mirrors the women would use uh, to, for their reflections to put their makeup on and it's got original makeup holders and cases and shows how they'd crush up the um, the scarab beetles and use the iridescent green on their eyelids and shows how they like what they'd use for their colorings and polishes and so makeup has been a ritualistic thing for a very very long time and there's a lot of power you're harnessing by using it well I find it interesting myself where I haven't given a lot of thought to this but you know we've had this fashion on and off over the years where you either have big eyes and very pale lips yeah or pale like don't do much with your eyes and then do the big dramatic lips I'm, I always tend to go, no, if I'm going to do the makeup, which isn't often, but when I do, it's the eyes and the lips because I'm thinking now it's about I want my soul exposed and I want you to see my soul. I want you to have the windows to my soul. Yeah. But I want you to hear my words, my communication. Wow. Because I always will do it balanced yeah. no matter how often fashion will say, no, 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 no. Yeah. So – Past lives and fashion, uh, I, this is something I'm really good at picking because I've, I've always had such an interest in history and reincarnation. So you can often tell or you can see how someone is drawing upon a lifetime that they once had that they felt really powerful in or comfortable in and without realising it, they're evoking some of the same energies from that lifetime through how they present themselves or what they choose to, you know, wear on themselves or whatever. So, for example, um, I know a girl who always wraps scarves around her her hair. She's blonde. She's Westerner, whatever. It's like she's she's hearkening back to a turban type of a lifetime where she needed to have her head bound. There's, I mean, there's people who just have to be barefoot all the time, even in winter. You know, that it's like they it's like they weren't made to be put into clothes. It's like they should be nomads out in the desert or the rainforest. What's the tracksuit one? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, possibly being a man because men always have serviceable, practical, functional clothes. They don't have to wear clothes that nip them in at the waist, are uncomfortable, high heels, limit them, or those kinds of things. Well, that's because I find that the more comfortable that I am with who I am, yeah. the l- not I would say lazier, the less desire I have yeah. to, to torture yourself into exactly it's outfits. all about comfort. Yeah. But then you see those women like your Vedita Von Tises and stuff who and even um like Gala Darling, we've mentioned her cool site, her radical self love website before in New York, who like she really, really has epitomizes her own version of kind of punk rockabilly um roller derby cool chick. And then there's people like Dita Montese who just so channel that vintage, beautiful vintage, whether it's kind of 40s or Art Deco or like, and it's just like, oh, my God, you've just so come from there, from that era. Like how else would you know how to put those barrel curls in and how to wear those kind of belts with those little shoes and look comfortable in it all the time? Like because yes. they came from an era where women dress like that every day all the time and they're just used to the suffering that goes with the fashion. Um, what about I, body piercing? Yeah, again, very tribal. Mm. And um and I'm personally, I'm a piercer. I don't think I'll ever get a tattoo in this lifetime. I've tested myself on it many times, but I've never found the symbol that felt, as we referred before about energy, felt right. Piercing, I'm all over it. And when I was younger, I wanted to get my ears pierced so badly and my mother wouldn't let me till I was 12. And I had already had a collection of about 20 earrings ready to go by the time I was 12 and they were all enormous. Earrings for me are power. Large earrings to the point to my detriment. I have pulled holes through both earlobes now. <laughs> you would have loved the 80s. <laughs> I'm, oh, my God. I'm 35 years old and I, I have to keep piercing my ears new holes because I keep pulling through the holes that I have because the bigger the earring, the more myself I feel. And it goes back to gypsy hoops and gypsy past lives where I was fortune telling. Right. And feeling really awesome about it, and uh, it's a problem. It's actually a problem. Oh, hello! Bex finally got some sort of addiction problem. <laughs> but can I can I say that I used to have conversations with my higher self? Now, when I say higher self, I'm talking about a version of me. She's prob- probably not actually my highest self, but she's this very cool chick. She's quite intimidating. She wears quite plain clothes, just black top and jeans, long straight brown hair, nothing fancy about her at all, but she had a piercing in her nose. She had a piercing in the left side of her nose, a little diamond. Now, I used to tell myself, maybe one day I'll get that, maybe one day I won't, I don't know. And then I went through some really massive personal change in my life and I realised the day had come, the time had come when I was ready. It's like I'd earned the initiation for that piercing. And then it was like, which nostril? Because I really wanted to get it in my right nostril, but I kept thinking, but my higher self has it in her left. She must know what she's doing. And then I went to the Coles supermarket, and the Indian girl who's bagging up my groceries, of course, is pierced, because in India, every girl gets pierced upon marriage. And I said to her, can you tell me about why left side nostril? And she's like, it's called natni. And I said, what is natni? And I said, can you write that down for me? And she wrote it down on the docket so I could go and Google it. But it's all connected to the meridian. It's pierced through the feminine meridian, which apparently relieves pain in childbirth and all this stuff. It's In India, they put it into this side as well. Ah. So I was like, that's it. And I went and initiated myself and got it done. I remember the day you got it done. And I got it done. And so many people said to me, they they all thought I'd had it for like five or ten years. They they couldn't believe that I'd never not had it because they thought it was so so part of me. It was really interesting. That's interesting, isn't it? Anyway, me me me. Enough about me. More about me, Jane. Jewelry. <laughs> okay, we've we've touched on earrings, right. nose rings, yeah. nose diamantes, mm. jewelry. Tell me about yours. I know, necklaces, rings. Oh, big fabulous. Well, actually, I've I'm I have gone through stages. I'm fifty two. I've done lots of stages. 
So it used to always be big. In fact, I always remember Oprah saying, the fatter you get, the, the bigger, bigger your hair <laughs> and the bigger your jewellery. And then she and the showed, more shoes you own. No, I think that's more money you've got. Um, Maybe. No, I'm just not a shoe girl. I'm not a shopper. Well, I've known a very overweight girl and the only thing she felt I'm not very overweight. I'm just a bit overweight. I'm not talking about you, I know, but I I was saying Oprah weight, then I thought, well, I need to disclaim that. I've known a very overweight girl who the only part of her body she could really feel confident in was beautiful Italian luxury shoes, designer Uh, shoes, because she didn't feel good about the things she put on. Right, the other things. Yeah. 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 Um, I am just, I'm so basic and simple now. And if I do put things on, it's to dress up. And when I say dress up, it's not to it's have fun. It's, it's that's what I yeah. mean. It's like costume dress up. It's yeah. like who do I want to be today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, or, or for this particular moment, and that's where I I go so, into fun. Jane, but my my necklaces, the biggest thing that I still do all the time is my love heart necklaces, yes. and it's a symbol. I've got dozens and dozens of them. Um, stars and that's my and love hearts. Yeah. Well, that the, the stars was on the costumes. But the love hearts have been since I started doing this work. So it's been nine, nearly nine years. What about crystals? Do you wear any crystals ever? Uh, look, I have in the past. I, I am not. I have got bowls of crystals mm. that are just holding old energy that don't get cleansed I'm or anything. I'm not a crystal wearer either, not I have a, to say. I'm not I a doer of that, no. I don't really feel the need to. Uh, no, and rings for me are fun. Rings are like, you know, it'll be a great big daisy or... Yeah. Um, I had a, I love fake dimenti things that, well, I'd probably love real if I could afford the big real ones. Um, so I'll do symbol things. Like when we were doing our Soul Sisters radio show, I had a dimenti bauble, looked like a little microphone ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, again, symbols. I like, yeah. I like symbolism. See, my mother, I always loved her wedding ring because everyone gets a diamond and she got an opal. Now, ah. opals are considered bad luck by a lot of people. I ain't going for this whole bad luck. But people always say, no oh, that's thing. bad. Oh, I gave this girl lilies once and she's like, oh, my husband, he's Greek. He said, you, oh, she's given you the death the flower. The death flower. I'm like, oh, for God's sake, they grow in my garden. They're beautiful. Didn't Jane just say earlier white equals purity? That's anyway, right. Um, but uh, my mother had an opal wedding ring and I just thought it was just the most beautiful thing. I can't believe we're at 29 minutes. I haven't even begun on this topic, but that's all right. We didn't even talk about perfumes and oils, but we'll do it another we'll time. Do, we'll do scent. We'll do a show on scent. Yes. Essential be... oils and scent as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That'd be good. Done. Beautiful. I consciously select symbols and colours to support my situation. I hope you've had as much fun today as I have. Um, Please join us every week on thelovelifeshow.com for every single episode to your heart's desire. We've got fantastic archives and we've got so many more fantastic ones to come. So until this time next week, have a little bit of fun thinking cosmically about your wardrobe. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening.